Good evening, everyone. It's your commissioner, Pharaoh Elliott, as I am joined tonight by the one and only trophy husband, Mr. Rob Fetcher. Tonight, we are going to examine what is leading up to the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, what you can expect from a fantasy perspective, those of you that are playing in playoff challenges or maybe participated in a fantasy draft. We're going to talk about the first draft of the season, which will go off Monday night immediately after the Super Bowl. And uh, without further ado, the trophy husband, who again will collect trophies and, and win, uh, winning money. Thanks. You think I'm ever going to start talking about, uh, stop talking about the fact that you had a very good year? I, I hope you're talking about that for many years to come, Farrell. Mm-hmm. You're working hard. You should. Hey, you know, I, I made a call to a non-fantasy football playing friend tonight and asked about the Super Bowl. You have and those? I, well, I, I do. And, you know, I, I, I have invited uh, the gentleman to play, and he, he's chosen not to do it, much to his own, uh, you know, much to his own disappointment or disappointment that he's not even aware of. But I asked him, you know, where he was going to watch the Super Bowl, and he told me, he told me that he is evolving and he's becoming less of a sports fan and he really hasn't thought about it. Now, this I took as a personal insult. And uh, we, we had a long discussion about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's as if someone must have climbed. It's as if a body snatcher is now occupying my friend's body. I don't know what happened to it. This is what can happen to people who are not engaged with such a great hobby of fantasy football. Maybe. And this is such a great, I mean, I know we cannot get together, but it's a social thing. People will be talking via text, via online social media. And all of us people here in the Midwest, it's going to be so cold. What else are you going to do? You're going to have wings. You're going to have great food. You're going to be with your family watching a great matchup. Two of the best quarterbacks of all time. I know Pat Mahomes is really young and maybe that's too soon to say. But, I mean, this is a great Super Bowl to be in and just watching for entertainment purposes. I think you're, I think you're there, and I think you're spot on. Casual fans will probably enjoy this game more than any matchup for years. Now, it's been 15 years since I either have not been in attendance Super Bowl week or uh, have left uh, Louisville to fly to Las Vegas and spend Super Bowl Sunday in Las Vegas. This will be, this breaks a, a long tradition. Uh, and, and with me there for every one of them was uh, good buddy Fenton. And uh, through the years, others have attended. And uh, Fenton's having a hard time with it, I got to tell you. And, uh, you know, we mentioned Fenton often in the show. He's done a lot of good things for the league. The biggest he ever did, he recruited one player or one team of two players uh, FBI Petrie Larson. That was his one recruit. So I said, if you're going to have one recruit, Fenton, that's a pretty good one. So we will not be in Las Vegas uh, this year, and we won't be there next year. You know why we won't be there next year, Fetch? We will be hosting the KFFSC Super Bowl party, correct? There you go. Baby. Everybody is going to have an invite and learn more information about our Super Bowl party and draft. We'll begin on Saturday before the Super Bowl. Uh, big two-day event in 2022, uh, Super Bowl weekend. You want to pick your two teams that are going to be playing in 2022, Fish? Are you already able to do that? 
I, I cannot yet because uh, the quarterback carousel is uh, fast and furious in the NFL right now. The craziest offseason we may ever see in the quarterback market. I count 16 teams. Uh, sports agent asked me uh, this week, said, how many teams you expect um, to make moves? And, and I said, 16. And he goes, you can't. You, he goes, you're saying six? I said, no, one, six, 16 teams quarterback moves important and we started counting them and damn if we didn't get past that number my quarterback client um, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson who we looked at as a potential of headed back to Canada the only the only CFL quarterback last time they played a season that threw for over 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns he is uh, we chose not to go back because we're still looking at this market here and so it's a daily um uh, it's a daily multiple call thing to find uh, uh, McLeod a home. So, uh, you know, I just need everybody praying for us that we do because we're, we're, uh, we're getting a little bit closer every day. We're getting a little closer every day to our start of the drafting season. We put up the first classic for Monday night after the Super Bowl. Those of you that climbed online and saw it, uh, actually sold it out before we were able to get to the podcast or send out a mailer for it. This is a big game week classic, and we've got a very, very good group of players playing. Um, uh, the aforementioned FBI, uh, the uh, two new players uh, that have already talked about appearing live at the, uh, at the event in uh, 2021 at the, uh, at the Caesars casino, they'll be over there to meet fetch and, uh, and uh, have a very good time. So we've got a good group uh, uh, coming in there, including uh, the, the champions FBI are in that league. Uh, Ira Berman, who finished in the top five, will be playing in a big game classic. Asphalt Dogs, that finished in the top five, will be playing in the big game classic. Uh, that's going to be a nice matchup. We'll post that draft where everyone can immediately see it. Uh, but, Fetch, I'm going to – you know, I made a prediction last year um, early on and followed it up in September when uh, the only trip of the year I made was to the FFPC at draft. Uh, I, I uh, purchased my uh, advance tickets on Kansas City Chiefs at six and a half and seven to one to win the Super Bowl. So everybody knows where my heart lies with this one. But, you know, um, either way, I'm expecting a very good game. But something hit me this afternoon. And because I, I really have had a hard time separating the teams uh, over the last week or so, it hit me this afternoon, Fetch, that was some things I watched and read about last night. I just think this Kansas City offense is too much for anybody in the league, uh, especially Tampa, especially if Tampa doesn't uh, keep rolling down the field's first downs. Well, what are you thinking? I'm thinking the same thing. I too have a futures bet on Kansas City that we uh, that you made for me in Las Who Vegas. Pitch? I uh, one of the trepidations I had uh, this playoff season was Patrick Mahomes' health, but the word is the toe was better. He is feeling better. The one chance that Tampa Bay has, the two offensive tackles for Kansas City are hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw what happened in Green Bay with their uh, offensive tackle. Uh, I won't even pronounce his name being hurt. And then the pressure Tampa Bay was able to get on the outside. 
But if Mahomes is healthy and can scramble around, um, I think it, it kind of mutes that point because he will be able to push up the field and run. Uh, I think one of your favorite overbets, who I was a little concerned about, is total yards rushing for Patrick Mahomes. And I have yeah. to give you two thumbs up now because with him healthy, you're correct. He'll go well over that 19 and a half. And that will keep that pressure at bay. And when he hits his guys, especially moving and they break that pocket, Kelsey, Markel Holdman, Hill, I mean, they're going to be all over the place. And I I just don't see a way that uh, Tampa Bay will be able to keep pace the whole game. I think they will keep yeah. pace, but it, it'll finally, that onslaught of offense will just uh, do Tampa Bay in. I think onslaught's the right word. They just keep coming at you, coming at you. And every time to defeat them, uh, you have to make a great play. And sometimes when you do defeat them, when he misses his – his first target, his second read, uh, he, he looks to the middle of that field, and there's Kelsey. And so it's it's a it's a very difficult thing for any defense to line up against a team that's going to throw the balls off and, as Kansas City well, now. And Andy, Andy Reid looks at Patrick Mahomes, and he says, every down's a passing down. Yes. And, and the scariest thing, Farrell, I think, Every defense, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get teams into third and long. Every offense, they're trying to get, you know, three, four yards on first and second down to get to that third, two, third, and three. It doesn't matter for Kansas City. They're third and ten. They still convert almost 50% of their third downs. Yeah, every down is a passing down with Mahomes. Every down is a passing down with a backup. Uh, fourth <laughs> one, baby. Call. What are you going? What are you going to call up, Andy? You're going to you're going to make Tony Romo jump out of your seat again. How do you like the fact that we got the CBS crew calling the game, Nance and Romo? It'll be interesting. Uh, Tony has a different style as he tries to call plays and, and kind of do future bets in a way. Uh-huh. So, so it's more of a down home feel. I, I personally like the NBA NBC crew better because they're more technical. But I think it'll be fun, and uh, again, it's like they're in your living room, and I think that's all what we want now uh, as we're kind of apart. They're going to sh- kind of share the experience with us. Fetch, I am drafting in a uh, an FFPC slow draft right now. Uh, uh, it's the 28-rounder uh, draft master style. We're somewhere around the eighth or ninth round. Uh the um, and I'm doing it without much of a check of a, a, a cheat sheet or a rankings list. I'm just sort of doing it just just to get my head straight about where uh, I, I find you know where I'm grading players and what I think about them. Then I'm going to look at it after the draft and and, and look at some other drafts uh, around the. Uh, FFPC and see if I'm spot on. Um, one of the things that I saw in this draft is, uh, without talking about the variations of the uh, of the tight end or the quarterbacks going off early, uh, we're in the eighth round and uh, San Francisco players are readily available. And so I plucked, you know, I don't have to tell you who I plucked, my favorite running back in Mostert, and I might come back in the next round and get Wilson. Uh, as we look towards later single-digit picks, you know, people won this with Diggs, uh, 
they won this with uh, to a lesser degree with Keenan Allen. Uh, they they won this with players that played very very well that went went in the sixth round, the seventh round. Uh, who do you see? Who do you think will be coming off the board and be uh, this year's Diggs, this year's Allen, this year's Waller, guys like that? Interesting thoughts with that one. Uh, I can't wait for the draft because I think the Devontae Smith kid out of Alabama will be very similar to Justin Jefferson, who really won Mm. a lot of, um, you know, people money this year in fantasy. Could be a couple different places. I I don't know how high C.D. Lamb, but I think C.D. Lamb's uh, ceiling next year is unbelievable. He may he may have already gone fifth sixth round in in your draft there, but oh he's he's yeah no sir he went in the third, third so round. that's fourth round so fourth that's even round. higher fourth than the Diggs so. did last year but I th- I think guys mm-hmm. like that um, you know those second third year guys uh, really getting their feet wet could really have a uh, big impact. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton is a player that comes to my mind. Fetch, can you buy that? I, I would. A player I, that missed a season have, as a quarterback. To, you know. I'd rather have Jerry Judy in that situation, really? just because of the injury factor. I don't know what Cortland. It may take him a little longer. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be there. I think part of Cortland's thing, he did have a pretty good connection with the quarterback there. So Jerry Judy may be able to um, kind of hitch on to whoever this new quarterback. Denver has talked about. We, we don't know if they will go mm-hmm. away from Drew Locke, but if they do, Jerry Judy may get that extra time this spring and everything else to get that uh, connection. And I think he has a great chance to, um, you know, spring out and, and really bust out this year, along with Noah Fan, who was a disappointment uh-huh. to most of us this year. But I still see the talent. I still see the upside with Noah Fant as well. Oh, it's there. Fant played better uh, at, at spurts throughout the year, and and I was appreciative of him. Hey, we our last uh, podcast with Balky, uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Fetch, we had a blast because we had two of our Kentucky guys on, uh, Biplab Mandel and Hudson Kern-Reeve, and uh, we, we, we claim them as our home league now despite the fact that they play uh, – probably more in the FFPC than they do in Kentucky. I just tell them that, you know, FFPC is where you go to to win that those huge, huge payday, and the KFFSC is where you go to have some fun. And then they laugh about that and get rid of it. It's been, uh, it's been really good. What's some more news, Fetch? If we're looking at a proposed date change uh, in Cincinnati, it's going to be one weekend earlier this year, August 15th. Uh, the only thing that might push that back to the original date um, would be that uh, COVID is still around and the, the Hard Rock cannot run a concert that they want to have. So quite honestly, I hope they do have their concert. And we'll give the 15th a try. I hope that uh, no one thinks that that's too early. I certainly don't. Everyone is drafting you know, our, our online drafts have already started and people have been drafting some of them for months. Um, so I don't think it's too early. It might help uh, allow for some of the Cincinnati guys to uh, draft, have a week off, and then uh, make their trip to uh, uh, to Louisville, uh, you know, give them an off week between drafts. That might help. 
uh, more of them come down. So we'll see how that uh, plays out. We've already talked about the uh, the the Super Bowl party. One of uh, one of the other new things that uh, uh, you're just going to love is you're going to have to find uh, somebody to help with the girls uh, on Friday um, because uh, we're going to have an earlier start on Friday afternoon. We'll have a one o'clock start uh, to drafting in uh, in 2021. Uh, at Caesars with Southern Indiana. So those are just some of the changes that, uh, that we've got uh, forthcoming. Fetch, when are you going to start drafting? As soon as I get online and find some teams I need, I, I guess. I, I was considering this one, and I hopped on, and it was already full. I mean, I everybody's jumping Baby, when you board. snooze, you lose. Nice. We got people that want to jump in there. What is the um, – we talked about it uh, – from time to time, uh, what is your take on the uh, Jared Goff for Matt Stafford uh, switch? I think it has to do with, with this whole process of quarterback moving. I think teams want to win now. There, there's no building mm-hmm. um, waiting four or five years. We got to win now. I think uh, the Rams know they have a great coach and they don't want to squander this. They have great defense, mm-hmm. and they just were not. They've saw enough of Jared Goff that he um, he's not going to get it done, and they needed to pay somebody to take that contract off their books. Basically, that's why they mm-hmm. gave so much. And they. It appears to me the general manager uh, Sneed there in Los Angeles really does not value draft well, picks, I, and I, he's he's he let them all go, and it's historically what he's done. I, I would not say he doesn't value draft picks. He doesn't value high first round or first round draft picks. They've done really uh, well in the mid rounds and and getting players. They I'll need. give you that. Um, the, we've been in this new what construct for about seven years with the first round where, where you don't have to pay as much for these quarterbacks and it mm-hmm. really has changed teams one of the most effective ways to win is to get a cheaper quarterback uh, a rookie quarterback right. on a five-year deal have everything else great and try to win uh-huh. or have a great great quarterback that will play that will play under the market another reason to love tom brady yes. You know, yes. I have a great quarterback that'll give you a home down, hometown uh, discount in his but contract. Do, do you uh, feel the Rams kind of are doing what the old Washington Redskins and stuff and really building it through free agency, but they've been so much more successful? And I guess not because some of them are trades like the Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so so they've done it a different way than the, the, than the draft. Most yeah. teams have done it, but it seems like, They've been able to do it successfully. And I, you know, you understand this much more than I and most fantasy players, how important that cap and having cap people that really understand it and spread that money out and know how to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, some of these new general managers and new front office people are inherent in a cap situation and they, they look at it and they want to throw up their hands and then they think about it and they start performing their surgery. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily that big of a Jared Goff fan, but I, I, I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to put that player out to pasture. And I think he brings something to Detroit. And this may be the wake up call that his game and his career needed. 
And uh, in Stafford's case, from, from our fantasy perspective, do you believe he is, at this point in his career, that big of an upgrade? I think it's very, a very big upgrade. Yes, I, I think he can uh, really throw the ball when you have to throw the ball. That's what the problem was golf mm-hmm. was. Golf mm-hmm. can do the great play actions when you're really honing in on the running game, Jared Goff. But when when it was third and eight or you needed a big throw, he couldn't seem to do it. He'd make that mistake. And I think that's where Stafford and his arm and arm talent, different arm angles, history of playing with lesser of a line. And let's let's be honest, an organization that's won what one playoff game in 2013, I mean, just a long time, never been to the Super Bowl. He's kind of been hamstrung by that. He's going to get his chance, and we'll find out the true value. But I think it's a big upgrade um, for for all the pass catchers with the Rams and for the team. And I we we talked about this on our last podcast. A guy like DeAndre Swift, this may be great for him, just because now Detroit has to run the football. They have to dedicate themselves uh, to that in a very selective passing game. uh, who amongst this receiver core benefits the most? And I will say this, make make no mistake, I'm a huge Stafford fan. Always have been, you know. And, and I look forward to seeing what he does. Perhaps I'm a bigger golf fan than most everyone else because, you know, I think, golf can, uh, I think golf can do some things. So we'll certainly see how that plays out uh, in Detroit. So, uh, who's who benefits the most? In Two that guys that I, that I really one an obvious one. I think Cooper Cup. You think back to Golden Tate and, mm. and, and Danny. The way they're able to, or Stafford likes his slot guy. I think is big for Cooper Cup. A name that's mm. you know rookie this past year, Van Jefferson. I think is going to be an up yep. and cumber big guy. I, a good receiver, uh, different than Woods and, and Cup, and I think they'll utilize him more with Stafford, and I think he could have a really good second year in the NFL, sophomore season. I'll be interested to see if Everett remains a Ram. I will be interested to see if uh, Reynolds remains there. Two players that I that I very much admire. I This is a very good football team, a, 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 strong, um, a strong offense with Excellent running game. I've, I've really warmed to Acres, and I think the team has too. He will be the guy. Um, the conversations are going to let Malcolm Brown go. I think that's probably a mistake. Um, but, uh, you know, Malcolm, when they needed him and no one else was available in their first game against Dallas this, this year, 90 yards rushing in two touchdowns, that's pretty good from your for your veteran uh, – uh, we, we talk back. about the cap, though. That's the kind of thing when you're paying Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Now you're going to take on yeah. Stafford's contract. You, you've got to find guys in the undrafted um, late-round picks that are going to be your third-string running back. And more importantly, and this is the thing the Rams have done well, even though they've spent all this money, these are your special teams guys. And don't let that fool you. Special teams are a very important part of the NFL game. Most of the time when these teams overspend for free agents and everything else, that's where the team suffers uh, is at the special teams area. It's a very, very good point. Uh, Joe Burrow. uh, 
I am hoping and praying that he will return to uh, to be the starting quarterback for uh, for week one in Cincinnati. He went off the board pretty early, uh, and exactly where I think he he should go uh, uh, in the draft that I'm in right now. Your thoughts on Burrow and what uh, he can accomplish in his second year coming off this this injury? And are you ready to say that? that Tyler Boyd continues uh, uh, to be one of the better values at slot receiver in the NFL? And could he be one of those guys that is drafted later that you now uh, can, can win with, win, win big with? I really like Burrow's chances to do well next year. My only concern is the concern that ended his season this past year. Will they protect him, protect him when they're dropping back 45 to 50 times? They have got to do a better job of getting Joe Mixon in the offense. Not only he's got to stay healthy, but they've got to run the ball to protect him somewhat. I think the guy who could really have a great year is T. Higgins. He's really came on as a rookie. Him and Burrow really seem to have a connection. So I, I see Joe Burrow as a top eight quarterback. I see T. Higgins as a guy that you should be taking in the fifth, sixth round. And I think they have very good upside if they can protect Joe Burrow. And that's an if. And so maybe I won't draft Joe Burrow just because there's so many other good quarterbacks that I am understand I can get a little later and also will be healthy. Los Angeles Chargers uh, returned Austin Eckler for the end of the year. You had to like what you could see. Is, is Austin Eckler a first-round draft pick this year? Or is he going to go early second and? and be the guy that, that you compare with another running back where you have a, basically your first two first two picks or your backfield players that you're going to start every week. I love Austin Eckler. Great, great because he, he's the combination guy that gets you the rushing yards and the receptions. I still think you have to wait till the second round to take him because they have the Josh Kellys. Uh, they found other guys as Kalen Balot to – to mm-hmm. kind of fill in, uh, you don't want to beat up running backs in this new NFL age. You th- this mm-hmm. committee approach that it seems every team has. So I think that pushes him into the second round. But I would more even than last year. I think I would take him in the second round because I've seen that he can do the rushing and running. Even though he was out a few weeks, he's still very vital to this organization. And we now have this viable Justin Herbert. Who knows how to use him? I mean, we got to see those last yeah. few weeks that those, you know, he looks for him and can be, uh, you know, a big part of the game plan. I'll bet you. And so when you're talking about second round, you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, the 13th to the 18th pick. One concern I do have, and it's a thing that kind of stinks for all these young quarterbacks. I hate to see that Herbert is going to get a new offensive co- coordinator. I just wish, mm-hmm. especially the guy that had this much success, they, they had a good um, good relationship between him and the offensive coordinator. And because Anthony Lynn was fired, which, you know, I don't blame them for firing Anthony Lynn. Wish they could have kept the offensive coordinator because it's so important. You, you We hear so many stories of like an Alex Smith had, you know, six coordinators in his first seven years. And it's 
stunts the mm-hmm. development of some of these young guys to not ha- have to learn a new system or change stuff. Not that they cannot do it, but it's just continuity. Continuity. I, I have Bengals fans, and they all got mad about Marvin Lewis and, oh, he had to go. The yeah, reason I... the Bengals were so successful for that long, even though they didn't win a playoff game, they were very competitive because you had continuity. Continuity is very important, mm-hmm. especially now when we – are not having as many uh, OTAs and, you know, just time together. Yep. Yep. Smart players ability to communicate by the coaches has now become a better, uh, a better skill than, than being able to run out on the field and uh, through repetition, you know, you being able to communicate is uh, without that repetition is, is a very, very big skill. You know what I, is, as Bruce Arian says, if you can teach, you can coach. So, you know, Fitch is over there teaching those girls uh, uh, off that computer. Uh, you know, so Fetch could probably do a little can, coaching can I? too. Fetch, move me on. I used you brought up Alex Smith. Yeah, you can get back to you can get back to saying something about the no, girls real quick. I, I want to talk about the coach. You brought up Alex. Bruce Arians. I mean, this is one of the best yeah. like character coaches matchups i i love both these guys you got the cocky laid back bruce oh everybody knows that you enjoy andy you already of course you love andy reed god you dress like him you look like him while you're if he wins does he become an all-time great coach i this takes him multiple super bowls take you to a next level and Thinking about that, Andy's been in the league, you know, I mean, he's been coaching, what, 25 years as a head coach, it seems like. Yep. But, but, but he took him 23 to years to win it. Who's the best head coach that hadn't won a Super Bowl, Farrell? I, I, mm, Marv Levy? He did it with one team. That, I, that, that's the reason well, I think Andy's you know. even better, because he did it with Philly, and that, not, not win at all, but that. I always think of Marty mm-hmm. Schottenheimer, who doesn't get enough credit. I think being mm-hmm. at, I mean, Cleveland, no success. Yeah. Kansas City now having success, but didn't. And the Chargers and making them all perennial, mm-hmm. perennial playoff contenders and deep. I mean, that, that's a mm-hmm. guy I like. Well, our current coaches, though. Who's our next guy that's going to get that schneid off of there? Is it the young guys, LaFleur? And- you, you mean the guy that's never going to win? No, he's going to win. Who's going to win? Yeah. He won a Super Bowl yet, but who, who's going to win it of, of the young coach? Well, any of the coaches, really. Well, I think any of the guys that are competitive right now that are in, the, in their 30s, late 30s, you know, early 40s, those guys are going to get a chance to win one. Uh, I, I can get closer and I hate being negative, but I can get closer to telling you some of the guys uh, that are not going to win it. But I can tell you one thing. Whenever you line up some of the uh, coaches with a little less of a resume against some of these guys like Pete Carroll and Andy Reid, Arians, I know who in the hell I'm siding with. You know, I, I know exactly well, where I'm going. Well, we know. I up. mean, Matt LaFleur peed down his pants when he didn't go for that touchdown and kick the field goal. And Oh, you just want to bring that up, kick those Green Bay fans just a little bit further well, down the field. Aaron Rodgers would like to, too, as we talk about the quarterback carousel. I mean, is he going to try to force his way out of Green Bay? I'm sure he I'm sure no, he thinks no. if they would have drafted a uh, wide receiver maybe there in the first round instead of Jordan Love, maybe he has another target to throw to that scores a yeah, think if he was think if he was throwing to Jerry Judy, I don't know what. 
um, the, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Washington football club, matter of fact, the commissioner today in his, in his, uh, news conference from the Super Bowl referred to him as uh, Washington Redskins. We know not to do that on the podcast for God's sakes. And the commissioner says, right, Washington Redskins. I tell everybody you're better off to just live with the, uh, Washington foreskins and you'll, you'll be just, just fine for that is a nickname, but the Washington football club, you mentioned Alex Smith, you know what Alex Smith's record as a starter was this year, Fetch? I don't because of how many games he came in and hurt everything. Yeah. I, no, I do not. Five and one as a starter this year, you know, that's he, he's such a solid right quarterback. And, uh, the, the story of him coming back is unbelievable. And the interesting part is how great that young quarterback who played in the playoffs, Tyler Hankey, again, did I say it right there? How, mm-hmm. how well he played yeah. in the playoffs. So there are so many good young quarterbacks in this league. I know so many teams are getting, you know, what, what impatient with them. But sometimes you just got to have patience with guys that they learn. I mean, you get better, especially, I mean, you, you have a great experience example with McLeod about full time. I mean, experience does so much for these guys that. Oh yeah. He's, he's so ready. And then a lot of these teams are making the, 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 the mistake because they're, you know, they're, they're, they say, well, you know, he's, he's, he's we, we might prefer someone younger. Well, you know what you, you, you want to win now. Uh, what's going to happen if, if all that money that you put into your top quarterback and then you're playing a guy that, that can't I'll tell you this, Farrell, if I was injured. selling Bethel Thompson to, to any team, mm-hmm. I would show them game tape of Dallas, and I, I can't even – their third-string quarterback, young guy. Danucci, the kid yes, from James they, Madison, Danucci, in, who's a pretty good ball player but was nowhere ready, near ready to the, play. They, He's a, then he's they a good brought ball in uh, Grant, uh, Garrett Gilbert, I think it is. A week or two later, yeah, who gave who had been around Gale. a journeyman, but but has yeah. been around professional football, learned the trade, knows what to do, mm-hmm. and he gave them a chance to win. That's the difference, you know. And yep. you never know in this league whether it be a Joe Burrow when a quarterback's going to go down. So if you don't have a second, a third guy ready to go, they're making mistakes as uh, front office. Well, I'll get you out of the quarterback room, but I, I know a, a lifelong Indianapolis Colt fan, and we're Super Bowls approaching. You want to talk? Uh, you want to talk quarterback? I mean, we're thirty-five minutes into this, and you haven't said Peyton Manning, so I'll go <laughs> ahead and say it for you. But um, I want to talk more about. I want to stay on this theme of where the players are um, that are going to help kffsc drafters win not only here in kentucky but in las vegas and everywhere else they play and so i want to focus where you mentioned alex smith i want to focus on the uh, washington football club because i was very very pleased to see some things happening over there you had a tight end emerge who was mostly a free agent pickup i believe especially uh here in kentucky you had a a running back emerge uh, a third down back who who or uh, was putting together 25 point uh, weeks during the championship. You have a very impressive, and he's been impressive since the first day he stepped on the field, wide receiver in McLaurin. And then to figure it all out, you've got Antonio Gibson. So does each of these players improve 
this year and move up the board, but I just don't feel that they're going to move up where they're still not to be considered a bargain because let's just go through them. If you take Gibson in the third round, is that a bargain? I think that's where he should go. I think that's where he should go. You think that's where yeah, he should yeah, go? Yeah, because of McKissick. I just think that it, it kind of – he's got a ceiling because of that. Oh, I, I don't think so. I think they're two different kind of players, situational players in a chaser games, but it's, we, we can decide that. McLaurin, where should he go and where does he no longer uh, become a steal, so to speak? Because I think if you can get this player in the fourth or fifth round, you are. That I was going to say third round is where he should go, because yeah. I'm assuming there's going to be a a little bit of an upgrade at quarterback. I think they're trying. Mm-hmm. They were in the Stafford sweepstakes, and he has put up numbers. No matter. I mean, has he played with more quarterbacks in the first two years of his career? Anybody? Oh, and, and he, he always, always looks good. So uh, a steal, a great player. Yes, uh, there's no doubt. There's value there. The tight end is a converted quarterback, so you're still talking about quarterbacks, so don't freak out. Uh, What do you think about Logan Thomas? After Kelsey, Waller, Waller and um, uh, Kittle. 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 After after those three, I I don't think you're stretching going for Logan Thomas. I think he's that good. Ooh, that makes me feel good, Fetch, because in this draft I'm just doing, I ended up with Logan Thomas and Noah Fant. So I was uh, stacking those tight ends to compete in the FFPC. So you're making me feel uh, really, really good. Speaking of quarterbacks, Fetch, here, let's get back and talk quarterbacks because that's all you want to do. Um, Cameron Wentz, uh, yeah, are, are people putting him out to pasture? Too Carson soon? Wentz, yeah, I think so. If he got in the right. Did I say yeah, Cameron? Said, that's okay. I got too much uh, a great landing spot to me would be in Indianapolis. I think if he can, mm, you're just dying for that. Oh, I definitely. As a Colts fan, I would love Carson. I just don't know what's going to happen in Philly. I, they, if you have two, it's one of those things. You have two quarterbacks now that are both been starters, so you only got one, and they've got to make a decision. And I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, we've mm. got the great young tight end in Dallas Goddard. I assume he's going to really take over for Earth. Why is Dallas Goddard great? Just love. I mean, he looks like the tight end. He he just looks the part. Oh no, we're making decisions. We're calling guys great based on how they look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, this is that, that's what we did with Gronk. He hasn't played great. Can it work out? No, Gronk played great from 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 the start. Well, Dallas Goddard's not a bad. They've used him. I didn't say he was bad, but I'm just saying you're throwing around that great kind of loosely there. You know. It's, I wouldn't give that grade around because I didn't see a whole lot of great offensive players on this team. The most the most effective player and the most interesting player we saw in fantasy for middle part of the season was the wide receiver Fulgham. Uh, the uh, I thought that that the players that Carson Wentz had around him were were. Uh, uh, a mixed match bag of players that were either hurt or overachievers. Uh, I thought in some cases coming off that injury uh, and, and playing the way he did, he, he was making the most out of a difficult situation. I agree with you. A new, uh, a new start is, is what 
this player needs. You think he's going to? Get I it? think he will. I I think for both parties, they have to do this. Talking about Philadelphia, you're talking about a guy I think that could win a league for you next year because I think he's going to fall. I mean, this guy went late first round, early second. It's another great Miles Eagle player. Sanders. Oh, yes. Miles Sanders. Uh, he's going to yeah, fall. Okay. This this is where you get value at running back. Guys fall down a little bit. You go get him. He's still what in his third year. All they do have is have to commit to him. He had good games this year when they committed to him. Frank Reich, I mean, had the magical season, but it was time for him to go. He, uh, it was just like you said, it, it was a mixed bag of toy, misfit toys almost. They didn't know what they wanted to do on mm. offense, and they need a clear, Never. clear path. Are they a passing team? Are they a running team? You know, we're so situational now in football, and we like to get all our players involved. But I feel like Philadelphia needs to get, hey, here's our number one wide receiver. Here's our number one tight end. Here's our number one running back. We're going to get them 75 80% of snaps, and we're going to feed some of them. And I think they need to get that philosophy going to get a quarterback comfortable, and then you can start being cute. That, that, that's kind of, I think, how the offense yeah. works for most of these teams. That's, that's what Andy does. I mean, Andy does a lot of things because it's the same offense with Markel Hardman or Daryl Williams, mm-hmm. but he doesn't forget. Yeah, well, if Andy does it, it must. It, we're talking must the same right. system, though. Frank, Frank Reich and uh, mm-hmm. uh, former Philly quarterback. The Andy yes, decides. Exactly. The but Andy, but Andy still feeds uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey the ball. Fetch, you're in the draft. Um, you are, you've got the one, you've got the second pick in the first round. Who are you going to take? The second pick of the first round. Well, who went second first? Pick. I got to know who went first. <laughs> you know who went first. McCaffrey went first. You really you think take? McCaffrey will, will go first? Yeah, he did. Uh, he, he did in this draft I'm doing, and we'll see who goes first Monday night. But let's assume – and McCaffrey went first. Who are you well, going to take second? That's a tough decision. I it would be. Between... That's not a tough decision, Fetch. Go ahead and shout it out when you know it. Who's the? Who I would take, take Alvin Kamara. That's exactly right. It's I, not Dalvin a tough decision Cook, I think, is, is a very close. So you would take him third. You would take right. Cook third. Who are you taking for? Derrick Henry. How far does Ezekiel Elliott fall? Does he fall all the I way out the first round? I would not take Zeke in the first round. No. I would not. Falls out of the first round. How does he go before Eckler in the second? I wouldn't take him before Eckler in the second. Who's the first wide receiver? It's got to be Devontae Adams. DK Metcalf. Dev- Why are you it's got to be Devontae right? Adams. Are you sure? You don't even know if Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay because you've got this musical chair thing going on with uh, these quarterbacks. Okay. You're going to go out. Then you're going to, then you're going to go Metcalf. No, no, I wouldn't. Who you? Oh, you're not going to go Metcalf. How much more you got to see from Metcalf? Well, what I saw in the second half of the season, what I know Pete Carroll is to his bone, a running defensive mm. football coach. That Russell Wilson and DK had okay. a great first half. DK kept it up. Don't get me wrong, but he's it. It yeah. Unless it's in your blood to throw the football, and it's not in Seattle. I don't want one. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, a guy that has always overlooked, it seems like, the last year. I know he's going to get the football. I know he's going to produce. I know Cliff Kingsbury wants to throw the football. 
I know I know Hopkins is going to do well, but I still think the overall play of that quarterback, um, the, the lessons, so to speak. Uh, I I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, Cliff, Cliff I just Kingsbury. I, I will say this there. about him: He came in wanting to do all spread. He learned the NFL game, changed it around. One thing he did this year was he kept Hopkins on one side of the field too much. And I think as the season went along, it hurt him. I think he'll learn, and he'll learn that you have to put him in the slots. That's the biggest weapon I think teams have learned, to free up your receivers, to keep teams from being able to double team and bracket them as much or, or to put certain people on them. Move that number one receiver into the slot so they can go either way. They, they have the whole field to work with. And I think Kingsbury should learn from what other teams are doing in the NFL and not always leave him out there on an island. Bring him in. Use him uh, in, in the middle so he can do go right, left. Let's, let's talk about tight end a minute. I mean, naturally, Kelsey's coming off in, in the first round. Is he going to be a first-rounder in Kentucky as well? No, I don't think so. I think he'll still end up in that second round. I think running back's too too important. Let me ask you this, Fed. Let me ask you this. So you're in a situation of looking around the NFL and you're looking at the you're looking at the teams that are successful. Um and you're looking at the tight ends they have. Um how can some of these teams expect to do well without a standout tight end? I'm thinking of Pittsburgh, I'm thinking of Seattle, I'm thinking of Arizona. I'm thinking of uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Has some pretty good tight ends until the end of the year. We'll never throw to them. You know why don't you get the tight end? You know why? Why are you trying to play a season without the tight end being involved? It's hard to find that special guy. I mean, it's hard to find that that mm-hmm. Darren Waller, that Travis Kelsey. My the the great the great Gruden found him just by looking across the field and seeing what ball well, they saw a wide receiver that yeah, moved in. Just just looked across right. the field. Just just looked across right. the field. So and second, working out. Baltimore had him in practice the other day uh, every day. You also find Yeah, you know, they had a pretty well, good time. You know, they, they drafted him. You could argue the fact that if, if you got a if you got a player, if you got a person that was you know, unexposed to the game and really wanted to learn football. And you told them that Waller was a tight end. And then you uh, uh, told them that uh, uh, what's our boy's name in, in San Francisco that I just called Eifert Kittle. You got, you called Kittle a tight end. And then you called uh, uh, Gronkowski a tight end. And the, uh, the, the person would look at you and say, none of these are the same player. They're not playing the same position. You'd definitely be right about that in, in Waller's case. Um, I just think the position is key to success right. in, in the NFL. So I'm going to ask you this. In Kentucky, is tight end a key to success? I don't success? think so. We did not see Kelsey you know, on all five top five teams. There's so many more ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Kelsey was not on one of our top five. I, I, I was thinking he was on one. I was thinking he was on one. I, I have the stats mm-hmm. somewhere. You did not have to tell me we we're going to talk about the top five. But but it, if you remember, you're supposed to know this stuff, Fetch. I gave you last. If week you remember, off, we had a very diverse teams. I mean, there 
it's kind of you're asking the question about having the great tight end. There's so many different ways to skin a cat. There's so many different ways to be successful. Mm-hmm. I think you are right in the fact you've got to have a player that can control the middle of the field. Sometimes that's a slot player. Sometimes it's a tight end. But it's got to be a difference maker. That's why Kansas City's great because they have two of them. They have the best slot player and the best tight end. Yep. Fetch, it is 11 p.m. Early on, uh, uh, yeah, it is early. We got one in. I, I'm trying to do these earlier because you know, I'll come in and do the podcast with Balky and I'll try to get a little rest and not not get myself all worn out during the day. We don't start to 10 o'clock. I got a lot of responsibilities, I got a lot of things to do. I sit down, I have some coffee, I'm ready to go, and and I sit down and I still sound like cigar smoke and molasses man i can't get you know and i, and I sound like they're so worn out so i i, I want to come with a little bit of energy and a little effort in these podcasts i don't want anybody to think well hell they need to get to kentucky and play because Farrell's on his last legs you know and he might not make it much longer i don't want to sound like what so but uh, you bring a great energy to these uh podcasts and you always have and i really appreciate it and your football knowledge is strong 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 I uh, I think that uh, there are some things we can count on here in the first week of February in uh, 2021, and and that's uh, we're going to have football in 2021 because we had it in 2020. Uh, 0.6 fetch. 0.6 was the infection rate of uh, of uh, COVID this year in the NFL for all those that didn't play because you know that. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm not holding a uh, I'm definitely not holding a, uh, a a grudge against you, but I do want to tell you you missed a wonderful year, perhaps the year that will go down in our memory as as the most special year. Now there's some things that we can count on that the trophy husband will be there to challenge across all formats in the KFFFC. There's one thing that we can. Uh, hold on to and they informed me of it again is the asphalt dogs are still bitter about not winning the uh, KFFSC they finished high in the rankings and they took me through some of their uh, decisions uh, that they made all of them very sound and well thought out decisions four decisions all of them wrong any of one decision uh, a positive uh, decision would have given them the title even at the kicker position fetch so it's a situation where, as we talk about fantasy football, we're trying to give very, very good advice. Can you remember the best advice that you gave anyone in fantasy football in 2020? Besides not <laughs> drafting Raiders, which you were wrong about Waller, of course. But can you think, can you think of uh, the, the, the well, best advice? It's the best you advice you give me all the time, and it's not about one specific player. It's it's think long, think wrong. I think too many times we over. Yeah, we, well, we stole that from Balky. Over analyze, and I have a habit of doing it too. And if you mm-hmm. worry about, mm-hmm. you know, change it, gosh, we all could have made. I, I'm sure there's there's a hundred people that think they could have made two or three, four or five different changes, and maybe they win the win the title at the KFFSC. You, you just gotta you gotta have sound mm-hmm. judgment. Don't overthink it. G- when in doubt, go with your studs. When in doubt, go with your studs. I think that's. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, uh, play play your studs, and you won't have that regret. Although, uh, Asphalt Dogs played one of their studs, and he came in as a very subpar I game. And like, that was the weekend. Uh, that was the weekend that J- that uh, JD McKissick had twenty five points. That's who they that's who they benched in favor of their stud. Uh, f- fetch the best advice that I gave. Uh, people would ask me how I uh, liked their team, and, and I would say, <laughs> "Well, where's Claypool?" And in some of these drafts, Claypool wasn't being drafted. He was he was my favorite rookie pick. I'm still working on my favorite rookie pick for this upcoming season. But I would tell everyone to uh, take a look. Uh, if you're going to be available Monday night, our draft uh, will start at 9 p.m. And if you're going to be available, uh, perhaps we can jump on the phone shortly after it starts and do a, a bit of a podcast review of some of the first few rounds and talk about values. Claypool uh, will no longer be a value. He'll go what? Fetch this round? I would think round? so, yes. Yeah, you know, so we've got to find a, we've got to find a new player uh, to deliver uh, to the the listeners, and and we, I got a big obligation now. People want to know who the next Claypool is, and uh, so I got I got to hit it right. So there's a lot of pressure on. Fetch other football news that we can uh, enjoy. Uh, I'll remind everyone that thinks they're going to have to be limited to watching basketball. That is not the case that what I still refer to as the football subdivision uh, will take the field uh, here in about two weeks. We've got such glorious matchups as, uh, as uh, Missouri State and Illinois, Illinois State. State uh, the, the, the home uh, James, or the alma mater of our one of our, the rookie running back of the year. Uh, from go. FBI, there the guy that brought, the, the, James Robinson. Uh, they were the on him earth, right? Yes. Yes, they they were on they were on James Robinson. James, a nice young player from from Los Angeles. I'm on a player very early that'll be playing this spring. Uh, a kid named Jawan Hamilton, uh, who played at Central Florida, who's now playing for James Madison. And James Madison will open his season against Kentucky's own Moorhead State. There's great football to keep your eyes on. There's great drafting to keep your eyes on as we move to the uh, the checkered flag and the run to daylight contest that uh, are the uh, sort of jewels of our of our springtime football. Fetch, we got a lot to talk about. I appreciate you talking with me uh, tonight about it. Do you want to give the listeners a Super Bowl score before we leave? Because I think you're getting closer to making one. So I'll put you out there. Are you 34, ready? 28 Chiefs. Very good. I have 38 to uh, 31 Chiefs. Uh, it seems like we're going to be right there uh, in the right place. I may be too high. I may be too high on Tampa, but I'm, I'm considering that they're going to have a successful rushing attack. So I may be giving them too many points. But, you know, whether they run it between the 20s or not, old Brady likes to throw that ball down around the goal line. So. We're going to see what happens. You, you got an MVP of the game other than Mahomes. Kelsey. You know, Mahomes Kelsey, will win it I mean, if the Chiefs win it. Yeah, Kelsey could Kelsey could be your MVP. Uh, do you think that there could be uh, a possibility nope. of a defensive not, not MVP year, on no. the other side of the ball? No. Nope. Not a chance, huh? But, but guys that will uh, – guys that maybe defensively will cement themselves in uh, – uh, in history is, is some of the 
best Super Bowl champions. If uh, if somebody can pick Brady off a couple times, you know, we might be dealing with a whole different thing if some of those boys on defense could uh, catch the ball on the, up there in Green Bay. Well, they caught you three know, of them. But that's they a whole other conversation. <laughs> they caught three and dropped two, you know, and that's that's what's uh, – That's why we're on the Chiefs. And, man, I'm sorry, Jimmy Johnson, the bar wasn't open tonight. We should have opened it early, Farrell. Uh, Kevin Williamson, I know they're disappointed in mm-hmm. that. Best advice we need to give Justin McCord is uh, come out and play some fantasy football with us, maybe throw some craps, throw some dice with us. Justin's getting closer by the day. Justin's getting closer by the day. And, 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 and let's sit and know since I won the Bluegrass and beyond, they're, they're, I expect him in Vegas when I come in the fall. Because it wouldn't be a Vegas trip for me if Fenton's not yeah. there. To, I mean, the A number one. So you're talking about an FFPC trip, and then uh, uh, the the rebirth of our trip for uh, uh, conference championship to Las Vegas, which will become our new trend, and and uh, uh, that we that we do for January trips to Vegas. Right. So you're talking about uh, two well, trips. I'll to have Vegas, to double check that one uh, in the wife. same year. You, I, I I tell you what. Yeah, I, I see. You're about ready to get yourself into you a little bit of trouble. If Justin McCord on the trip, I, I will have to. Go. Oh, I'm guaranteeing okay. Justin McCord for January okay. 2022. So I, that's All the right. one you got to make. I'm, I'm, guarantee, I'm guaranteeing that. Brother, we'll sign off. And until then, uh, we look forward to talking fantasy football with all the players in the KFFSC. And remember, August is your month for live drafting. Get get it uh, uh get it on your schedule. Get it circled. Be like Andy Reid. Circle it on your uh, your uh, what what do you call those? He's got uh, a waffle what house. What you do man. to he's that? Got the uh, waffle house. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got the waffle house. Put it on your waffle house calendar. Uh, the uh, I know you know who really loves waffle house. Wa- yes, uh, Mark Salinas. Yeah. There you go. Mark's Lance Justin, really loves Mark, you're taking house. us to Waffle House when we go to Vegas. He lives in the culinary capital well, of the if, world. If, you, if you're making that trip at so 530 in the morning after being out all night, it is okay. Makes you wonder what Mark's been up to. But that's that's a whole other episode, too. Boy. Good night. All right, brother. We'll talk to you.